Lawson, give us another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us okay. here? What number am I? What number am I? The number of sons born to to Jacob by Rachel. I was, at first, I was like, the number of sons born to Jacob. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem right. No, but the number of sons born to Jacob by Rachel. Yeah, see, I would have said that's... Uh... Yeah, slightly more obscure than the first clue. But anyway, be mm. that as it may, I just noticed there's a sticker on this thing here. It's actually, read the sticker. Kindly donated by Adventist Community Services, RTM Op Shop, Raymond Terrace, New South Wales. Ah, there you I go. Get the, I get the hint. We've just been donated some new equipment, which we are using here this morning. And I get the hint these guys wanted a bit of a shout out, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and so they stickers actually stickers on the box. There's some stickers, stickers all over the place. They <laughs> really didn't want us to forget <laughs> to mention the uh, the RTM op shop at Raymond Terrace. You. Um, so yes, the uh, Adventist Community Services Raymond Terrace Mission Op Shop. So if you're in the Raymond Terrace area, make sure that you head over there. Uh, catch up with uh, Paul Kachansky, who uh, never misses an opportunity for a piece of. Uh, Free advertising here, which on is a, which is a good thing. Which is oh, a good thing. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic okay, guys I'm, on the ball. I'm like, you know, I, I wear two hats. You know, I'm like, yeah, radio and then RTM. And so I'm like, I'm wearing an RTM t-shirt in the studio. What? You should be wearing. Morning. You should you should swap t-shirts. Wear your Faith FM t-shirt when you come in, and then swap to your RTM t-shirt. No, I'm just I'm just. Oh, you know where my allegiances lie. I'm, like, <laughs> oh, I'm wearing this, I'm wearing oh, this all the time. <laughs> oh. Ho, 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 ho. So where does the afterthought here at Faith FM? No, well, I come here first every morning. So you know, I'm. It's just this is like I come here, I do radio, and then I'm prepared to go to RTM and do my job. And if you if you did the juice bar at RTM before radio, I'm not sure that you'd have a lot of customers. Yeah, that would be a struggle. Oh, just, or selling at the op shop. I'm like, is it, would anyone be keen for like 4 a.m. op shop juice bar run? Would you be keen? No, <laughs> but five o'clock definitely. Five o'clock, five definitely a. go for a juice at five o'clock. Mm. See, when I'm travelling, I go to the airport, or whatever. Um, I'll oh, often grab a, yeah. a, a juice. You know, at, at stupid o'clock in the morning, it's a great way to mm. start the day. It is. It really is. But yeah, you come to RTM, hit up the juice bar. You know, that's the thing. You order a juice. I'm like making you juice for you. Go into the op shop, get shown around. You know, maybe pick something up. Come back, you know, take, all of get our, your juice. All of our um, Adelaide listeners are wondering, like, wow, what are they talking about? <laughs> West Australia, of course, hasn't woken up yet. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> we we have some very faithful Western Australian listeners to us who are listening to us right now. It's very early in the morning over there, mm. but uh, yeah. Fantastic. Amazing stuff. We were talking about how to keep the Sabbath, which is like yes, the best thing we ever because it um, doesn't matter which day you keep it on. We should keep it according to the Word of God. Well, it, it does matter, of course, which day you keep it on, And uh, but that's a subject for another day. If you'd like to have that discussion, then mm. give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Um, but whichever day you keep it on, it is important to keep it the correct way. In if you're going to even come remotely near actually achieving the blessing that the Sabbath is. Mm. You know, it's interesting to wake up in uh, Jerusalem. We are talking about Jerusalem earlier on Saturday morning and the city's kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah. There's like half as many cars on the streets. You know, Friday evening, everybody's out there. They're celebrating. It's the greatest thing ever. Mm. The Sabbath is beginning. Everybody's super happy and the place is alive and then... Saturday morning, and it's like, 
I've been hearing, you know, cars going vroom, 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 vroom past all day, and it's just like vroom, vroom. Mm. You know, it's just like wow, just amazing experience. Mm. Something that, uh, yeah, everybody should experience once in their lives. But this is, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we have a lot that we can learn from Jewish people about how they keep the Sabbath. Was the Sabbath something that was important for Jesus? Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And while we're turning there, I just want to say this, you know, there's lots of ways that you can mess up your life. Following the example of Jesus is not one of them. Mm. Um, there is always so much that you can gain from following the example of Jesus. And so here in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, we can find out, you know, how did Jesus live his life? What was his habit? What did he do every week? So check it. It says this. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Okay. So what was Jesus' habit? What did he, what did he do on a weekly basis? His habit was to go to the synagogue every Sabbath and yeah, read. Yeah, that's right. He went to church every Sabbath. Mm. So the church is a little bit different from synagogue, but it's kind of the same concept in that it is a weekly place of gathering together and reading the Word of God. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of things in common there. It would probably be a lot like you know the small group discussion Bible studies that we'll have you know either at the beginning or the uh, uh, end of a worship service in a church, and this is what Jesus was participating in right here. Mm. Okay. Is this something that is still important for us today? Okay, it was important for the Jews. The Bible says that in Leviticus 23 and verse 3, they were to gather together on the Sabbath day. Uh, it was important for Jesus. He followed what the Bible said in Leviticus 23 and verse 3. So he went to church on the Sabbath day. What about us today? I have many people who come to me and say, you know what? I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Mm. And my reply is, that's true. I've just never met anybody who's successfully pulled it off. Mm. God invented church for a reason. And church is just great. It's wonderful. People have this church allergy these days. It's like, just rock up to a church for goodness sake. Good music, free food. Great fellowship, great friends, mm. great Bible study. It's like, where is the negative here? Please somebody explain to me the negative. I mean, I've seen people, I've advertised meetings, you know, and I've been chatting with people I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll come to your meetings. I'm like, yeah, I'll be at uh, such and such a church, such and such a time. And hasn't really twigged that the meeting was in a church. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll come, I'll come. And they've got the address all written down. And uh, they, I've seen them drive up, get out of their car, walk up towards the building, see that the building was a church and go, uh, yeah, nah, and walk away. I had that experience the other day, actually. It was a it was a Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, we have a game uh, a games night at our church. It's like one of our ministries to reach out to the younger people in our community. It's really successful. It's been growing, and it's it's like a really awesome, just wholesome kind of fun time. And um, uh, the brother of Gemma, who we who you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Gemma who comes here on yeah, radio. Yeah, Gemma who comes here on radio. Uh-huh. Yeah, awesome. her, her brother was was around, and he's you know he knows us, and so like he he's not necessarily a Christian, uh, but yeah, he knows us, and so he like comes into the church, like, hey, what's up? They were traveling up to Port Macquarie, and he had a friend in the car, and the friend was just like, oh, look, I'm I'm not going in, I can't go into a church. We're like in the church playing board games and like <laughs> eating pasta and listening to music. And he's like. I can't go into the church. It's like, man, what? Come on, like, what is up with? Come and hang out with us. Like, we're just, 
we're just hanging out. It's oh, it's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> this is. So like, did you um, did you twist his arm or not? Oh, no, nah, he just stayed in the car. It's like oh, okay. This is Matt and Josie, Josie Minicus with Temple of Time. God took six days and created earth and moon and stars and sun. On the seventh day he rested from the work that he had done. Then he blessed it, made it holy as a gift for Welcome back, guys. That was Matt and Josie Minicus with Temple of Time. You're listening to Faith FM. We're back into our Encounter with God section. We've got lots that we can talk about here today. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Hebrews 10 and verse 25. What do you got for us there, Lawson? So right the way, all the way down near to the uh, end of the Bible. Yep. What have you got there? Here is 10 verse 25 the Bible says and let us and let us act sorry and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near Oh man that's a powerful verse 
It is. That's an awesome verse. It's just like... It is. Oh, hey, like... So basically what it says is this. Your weekly gathering together mm-hmm. um, and also includes your small groups and whatnot during the week is going to become more and more and more important the closer you get to the return of Christ. Mm. So it's not going to become less important. It's going to become more important, which is why when I look at the the kind of reticence that people have to just you know rock up and try church um, in today's society, to me it's a sign of the times. It's one of those things that Jesus is coming back soon because the devil is trying to do anything that he can to stop people from walking through the front doors of a church. Oh, fully. You know, and, and okay, you, some people come to like, oh, my church is dysfunctional or it's acidic on my relationship with God, whatever it might be. Then find an alternative. You know, mm. travel if you need to. Uh, there is always going to be a solution, a better solution than just staying at home. You stay at home, you're going to drift from God. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 42. Chapter 13, verse 42, the Bible says, As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. And then then, then verse 44. Verse 44, The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. Okay, so what's important here is that this is not a meeting of Jewish people on the Sabbath day. It's a meeting of Gentile people in Mm. verse 44. Uh, they have recognized that this is the Christian Sabbath, and they have also recognized that this is the day for reading and studying the Word of God, reading and studying the Bible. And so reading and studying the Bible has been central to uh, worship and to Sabbath-keeping, you know, really since way, way, way back then. Mm. Anyway, let's go over to Nehemiah chapter 13. Uh, where are we up to? We were reading... Verse 15 and 16. Now let's read verse 17 to 22. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 17 to 22. Okay, 17 to 22, the Bible says, So I confronted the nobles of Judah. Why are you profaning the Sabbath in this evil way? I asked. Wasn't it just this sort of thing that your ancestors did and caused our God to bring all this trouble upon us and our city? Now you are bringing even more wrath upon Israel by permitting the Sabbath to be desecrated in this way. Then I commanded that the gates of the Jerusalem should be shut as darkness fell on Friday evening and not open until the Sabbath ended. I sent some of my own servants to guard the gates that no merchandise could be um, brought in on the Sabbath day. The merchants and the tradesmen with a variety of wares camped outside Jerusalem once or twice. But I spoke sharply to them and said, What are you doing out here, camping around the wall? If you do this again, I will arrest you. (laughs) And that was the last time they came on the Sabbath day. Then I commanded the Levites purify themselves and guard the gates in order to preserve the holiness of the Sabbath. There you go. I will arrest you. <laughs> he was a man of action. He's like, he's like a bounty hunter. He's like, I'm going to take you in. I'm going to take you down. Like, this, guy, this guy was this guy. He did not mess around. He would not be popular in our churches today. He's like, yeah, you're going to do this. Um, okay. Try me. Go ahead. Make my day. Come back again and you'll be arrested. And, of course, it was during this time that um, there was an area around Jerusalem. He actually 
created a two-mile exclusion zone around Jerusalem that was called the holy place where you know, no, no traders could come on the Sabbath day because you know, the idea of camping outside the city wall on the Sabbath was so that they could still sell stuff over the wall. Mm. You know, um, just sneak outside the gates or for a bit or uh, you know, drop a rope down over the wall and your trade can continue right there. That's, mm. You know, they're not going to be camped along the edges of the wall just because it was a nice place to go camping. They're only going to be there if there is a purpose for them being there. And, of course, that purpose was to continue trading. And Nehemiah's like, you know what, I'm just going to bring about some reforms right here. This is going to come to an end. <laughs> Get um, out. <laughs> but what's interesting is how he points out how that what breaking the Sabbath had resulted in in the past. So let's go back there. Uh, verse 18. If you could just review for us verse 18 yeah, there, please. The Bible says in verse 18, wasn't it this thought sort of thing that your ancestors did that caused our God to bring all this trouble upon us and our city? Now you are bringing even more wrath upon Israel by permitting the Sabbath to be desecrated in this way. Yeah. Okay, so interesting quote here from the Bible study. Uh, quotes this passage and says, you know, yet you bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath. He then gave command that when the gates of Israel began to be dark before the Sabbath, they should be shut and not opened again till the Sabbath was passed. And having more confidence in his own servants than in those of the magistrates of Jerusalem that Jerusalem might appoint, he stationed them at the gates to see that his orders were enforced. Mm. This is not a person who messes around. What is interesting, though, is the connection between their faithfulness to God and God's protection over them. Oh, fully. Mm. When, when they uh, break their connection with God, God's protection is gone, and, uh, you know, suddenly they are finding themselves, you know, carried off as captives into Babylon or for the northern nation of Israel into Assyria, and they're just gone. They're over. As a nation, and they have seen this, and they have been restored to the promised land, and now Nehemiah sees them falling back into where they had been before, and he's like, "Okay, you guys head back here again. You are going to become captives. You're going to become slaves. You're going to be dragged off again. Um, you want to maintain your freedom, so please don't do that. We're not going to have this." And so, yeah, he boots all of the traders out. He keeps the place clean from those who would uh, profane the Sabbath. Mm. Okay, this is going to give us a bit of an insight into some other passages of Scripture. Let's head over to Matthew chapter 12. Uh, actually, Mark. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, and we will read the first six verses, because what we want to see is how this actually affected the thinking, the way that Jewish and Israelite people, or the Jewish people in this case, actually thought in that day. So that's Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Please, Lord. The Bible says, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath day, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save a life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily, and he was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held his out, out his hand, 
and it was restored. At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot to kill Jesus. Okay, we're going to come back after this next song um, and stay, well, no, station ID and continue to talk about exactly what we're talking about right here. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so the Pharisees, the enemies of Jesus, have actually found this man and dragged him off to the synagogue for this particular purpose. Why do you think that they were then so concerned about Jesus healing on the Sabbath, doing work on the Sabbath? If you go back to what Nehemiah's statement back here is in Nehemiah chapter you know, 13 verse 18 where it says, you know, your fathers did this and it resulted in disaster for our nation. Do you think there was an element of fear in what Jesus was doing? Oh, uh, yeah. They, they were like, look, you know, Jesus, by working on the Sabbath, um, he's going to bring ruin upon the nation and he's going to prove to us that he actually, in fact, isn't uh, the Messiah if he does this because of their idea of what the the Messiah was. Of course, they were incredible. They're incredibly self-deceived, like, to in any way think, like, oh, if he heals someone on the Sabbath, like, a literal work that's from God, like, the healing power of God being displayed on the Sabbath, like, if he heals someone on the Sabbath, he's breaking the Sabbath, and then we can kill him. Like, that is the height of deception, like, self-deception. They're just, like, incredibly, and that's why Jesus weeps, and he's like, sad because of their hard hearts it's like they're so obstinate to jesus's sonship uh, you know son of godship that they're just like oh if he heals someone on the sabbath he's proved that he's not the son of god like that is wild like come on guys oh man it just shows i was having an amazing conversation with someone yesterday about you know when uh i guess the initial hardening of the hearts towards jesus happened and that was when the magi rocked up uh from you know the 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 wise men they they come and they're like oh where's the messiah and herod's like oh yeah where's the messiah at and the the you know the priests at the time they're just like baffled because they had no idea that the Messiah was coming at this time. You know, the 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 theory goes, as scholars have predicted, they're like, oh, yeah, the, the, the Magi, they would have read Daniel chapter 9. They would have, you know, had an idea from all the prophecies, like, oh, the Messiah is coming at exactly this time. They see the star, they go to Jerusalem, they're like, where's the Messiah? And it was this initial thing of the, the Magi being like, uh, sorry, the, the high priest, they're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we, we knew it was going to happen now, but... Uh, but yeah, we didn't at the same time. So it mustn't be the Messiah. It was, their hearts were so hard that they didn't know what was going on that they, you know, said, that, oh, no, the, the Messiah surely couldn't have come because we didn't know about it. And it's just, oh, it's just this wild thing. They just like run around in circles with their reasoning because they just don't want to look dumb. They're just too proud to admit that they've got it wrong. And that's exactly what we see here in Mark chapter 3. They're just like, oh, yeah, we've got wrong. You know, we don't actually know how to observe the Sabbath. So if Jesus comes and proves us wrong, well, we're going to deny him and try and kill him for it. Oh, it's wild. <laughs> there are some interesting passages in the Bible. And once again, this you know, comes back to the, uh, you know, because I, I, I get people ask me questions when I talk about the Sabbath and how to keep the Sabbath. And they're like, well, if everybody keeps the Sabbath, society will come to a standstill and people will <laughs> die because the hospitals will be unattended. There'll be no emergency services. There'll be no police officers or people fighting fires or any of this kind of thing. And 
this is not the example that Jesus is setting for us right here at all. That's where you point to this passage and you're yeah. like, what does Jesus say? This day is to, to save a life or to destroy a life? It's clearly to save. Yeah, and of course, you know, there are a number of important points, I think, that should be made in relationship to Sabbath keeping. Mm. There are necessary things that need to continue. Here, Jesus is giving an example of doing that which was necessary. Mm. Um, and to not do so would be unloving. So, you know, within our society, you've got your emergency services, you've got your medical staff, and, you know, there's a bunch of jobs that do need to continue. But if you're not a part of those, you know, if you're not a, if you're not a necessary job for society to continue, then take your rest. That's what the Bible says to do. And even if you are in one of those jobs, Mm. If you are a nurse or if you are a doctor, we live in a world where there are a lot of secular people. This is Australia. Mm. Wherever you can, you should endeavor to get your shifts organized so that you can keep the Sabbath. Don't organize your shifts so that you have to work on the Sabbath all the time. Fully. Get the benefit of both worlds. Be able to be a blessing and a help to other people. And be able to worship on the Sabbath day as well. I've got a bunch of friends who uh, work in the medical profession, and it's very, very rare that they find themselves that they ever have to work on the on the Sabbath day. You know, it's just one of those things. Like, yep, I negotiated this, and uh, as a result of that, you know, everyone's cool. Mm. It's so true when you just take that stand in faith, like God provides. Um, and uh, yeah, I've seen it countless times. One of uh, you know, one of uh, 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 the wife of the pastor of my church, Malvinus, is, is an amazing artist who we play here on Faith of Him a number of times. She's like a manager of a giant hospital. She's like the the nurse manager. She is like has an extremely important role, a, a, you know, a twenty four seven role. And um, yeah, she gets Sabbath off every week. She's like. You know, because that's what she's negotiated. She said, "Okay, right. this is the only way I'll be in this job." And because they, you know, they see they wanted her in the job, and so they gave her what she wanted. Exactly. And you know, I think they want to call call it a private enterprise agreement or something or other. Mm. Yeah, they're they're common here in Australia these days. Just uh, go ahead and do your negotiations, and uh, you'll be able to have a a great time there. Let's go to well, let me see here. Uh, oh, there are a number of different Luke chapter six, verse six to eleven. Luke. Luke 6, 6 to 11. Turning pages 6 to 11, the Bible says, On another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus asked the asked his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save a life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At this, his enemies, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. You know, it just it, it, it just baffles my mind that um, you know they would be so wild with rage, and I guess they have blinded their minds. And the trap here, of course, is that they have, you know, they believe that their success as a nation, their survival as a nation, depends on 
how well they keep the Sabbath. And so this is mm. one of the reasons why it's from the time of Nehemiah, and it's not from Nehemiah. Yes. But it's from the time of Nehemiah that they start to add laws to the Sabbath. Mm. And you can't do this. You can only walk a certain distance. You can't travel more than you know this distance on the Sabbath day. You can't spit on the ground because the grass will be watered and therefore you are engaging in agriculture. You can't carry a handkerchief uh, because that would be work, it would be transport. Um, you can't, you know, push the button on the streetlight to be able to cross to the other side of the road. You've got to have an automatic one, you know, and <laughs> lifts have to stop at every floor. And it just sort of goes on and on and on and on. This is not what the Sabbath was about. Anyway, we were mentioning Mal Venus, so let's listen to Mal Venus with uh, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Saviour. Cry. 
if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. It's a love song written to us. When we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. Oh, wow. <laughs>
Welcome back, guys. That was Lauren Daigle with Come O Come Emmanuel here on Faith FM. Lawson, it is Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. I, I, should, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, I should say that on radio. Do you know where the tradition totally of forgot. Friday the 13th came from? It came from, I think it was about 1306, maybe 1309. There are bouts when the Roman Catholic Church banned the Knights Templar and condemned them all to death. Are you for real? I am absolutely for real. That's the origin of uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> it's been an unlucky Friday. A lot of them got burned at the stake. Basically, the Catholic Church was broke and the uh, Knights Templar were the world bankers. This is cutting a long story short. And so they accused them of witchcraft, which is probably true, and um, <laughs> used it as an excuse to wipe them out. But anyway, that's all beside the point. We are coming towards the end of the year. And as we're coming towards the end of the year, we thought we'd have a little bit of fun and just share some of the uh, fun things that we have done throughout the year with you just to put a smile on your face. Yeah, bit of a blooper roll coming up. Mm. A few bloopers and uh, a few other different things that are. Um... So we were remembering uh, earlier in the year we had this, uh, this 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 circumstance where we took Faith FM to Big Camp. Mm. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I was Mon there. and I were hosting at Big Camp, and of course, there's like what two and a half thousand people camped there, and Lawson is camped there, and Lawson was supposed to be on the radio in the morning, and he hadn't been on the radio in the morning, and so we decided, you know what? Well, actually, you weren't supposed to be, but we're like, yeah, yeah, come and join us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there for like. And I never did, and he never did. So we went and we found him. So we are here running across Big Camp, Lyle and myself, breakfast show team, and we are on our way to Lawson's tent, where he's been sleeping in, sleeping through every single breakfast show this camp. We're about to wake him up. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6 or 88 or 88 right across Australia. This is the breakfast show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and Mon and Lawson. Lawson, Lawson why up. are you still in bed, Lawson? You're <laughs> on the radio. Am I, am I really morning, on the radio? What are you grateful for? Tell us what you're grateful for, Lawson. Oh, I'm super grateful that you guys are in my room because I've been too lazy to get up and do the radio. Guys, <laughs> right. you're a lazy scum. We brought scum. that radio to you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You. Awesome. Please tell me you're wearing pyjamas right now. Yeah, yeah, I got clothes on. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank gosh. Why don't you have sheets on your bed, Lawson? Because I got a sleeping bag. I got a sleeping bag. I'm good. You're such a scumbucket. <laughs> Get out of bed. Come do radio with us. There's lots of people in my room. They you can guys come too. Welcome to Faith Event Breakfast Show, guys. This is what happens if you don't turn up to work every day for a week. Okay, I'll come. I'll come. <laughs> All right, so Lawson's on his way and we are back to work. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still and striving cease. Comforter, my all and all, here in the 
Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on the cross as Jesus died, the To Keith and Kristen Getty with Alison Christ in Christ Alone. Alison Krauss. Yes. Alison Krauss. Not Alison Christ. <laughs> Christ is Christ. not a last okay. name. Alison Christ. In Christ Alone. Alison Krauss is the presenter. All right, I'll get the there. <laughs> and the song I was talking about is actually the next one. I got them wrong. Kathleen. Canali, Micah 6, Micah 6 verse... Oh, really struggling there. Micah 6 and verse 8. Keep it on track, Lyle. For he has shown thee, O man, what is good and his right plan. 
That was uh, Kathleen Carnali with Micah 6 and verse 8. Get it right this time around. Bit of a, <laughs> uh, bit of a, 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 a one from the blooper roll there a moment ago. But anyway, all good fun. Uh, question of the day time. Before we come to question of the day, we got any, uh, any more clues for our quiz? Lawson still hasn't stopped laughing at my bloopers. <laughs> I just love the part. Mom's like... Alison Christ in Krauss alone. This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, what, no- what number am I? 
Oh, this this next clue is kind of a little bit incorrect, but it's true at the same time. Okay. All what right. number am I? The number of cherubim placed over the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, I understand why you're saying this is incorrect, but right at the same time. Mm. Because it depends what temple you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. It depends what time period. Yes. Was this the temple, the sanctuary built by Moses? Mm-hmm. Or the one built by Solomon? Well, I guess that's the thing. You'll call up, you'll give us an answer, and you'll find out. That's right. Uh, I would lean towards the one built by Moses. Okay, 1-800-324-843. Also, if you want to know what I'm talking about, like why would Solomon's be different, then, yeah, give me a call on that one as well. Yeah. Share, share an interesting Bible verse Win a prize. It will be awesome. Okay. Lyle. Or send me through a question of the day. We can do it for question of the day sometime. Oh, we so should. Yeah. Okay. But question of the day today is... Yes, yes, yes. What was the star of Bethlehem which guided the Magi to the birthplace of baby Jesus? Was it a comet, a planet, or a real physical star? Or was it some other celestial object created supernaturally by God who allowed only the Magi to see and be guided by it? Okay, so it's not uncommon for God to use natural phenomena. Mm. As a sign, it is also not uncommon for God to use supernatural phenomena. Uh, supernatural phenomena simply being something that we do not know or do not understand. And so there is, um, on this particular subject of the star, the Bible is silent. The Bible does not tell us what the star was. Uh, the Bible does not tell us you know, when it appeared or how long it was there for or when the Magi arrived, except that we do know that it was before Jesus became a refugee down mm. in Egypt for three years as a very young child under the age of two. So those are those are the basic facts that we do know from the Bible. So we don't have a lot of detail here from the Bible. And because we don't have a whole lot of detail, I'm going to share with you my opinion. Okay. Just because I can, because I've got the microphone here and I'm on radio and uh, <laughs> I can share my opinion. Uh, you will remember the story how that... <clears throat> The first people to welcome Jesus at the time of his birth, and this would have been, you know, some time before the Magi arrived. We often link those events together, but there's actually a, a time mm. gap between them. The first people to welcome Jesus at the time of his birth were the shepherds. Mm. You will remember the story how an angel came to them at night and said, you know, there's good tidings of great joy. Um, the Savior has been born. You'll find him wrapped in swag. You know, this will be the sign. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. That means basically rags Mm. and lying in a manger, um, just demonstrating the abject poverty within which Jesus was born. And so, you know, the, 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 uh, the shepherds, they go off there and, you know, there's a whole, but before they do, there's a whole choir of angels that suddenly appear. So first there's one angel who comes and says this. Then a whole choir appears and they're all singing, you know, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. You know, just a great song that they are singing right there. Uh, And of course, you know, then the angels move off. In my opinion, as those angels move off, if they allow their glory to continue shining and they stay in the same vicinity, they're going to become a star shining in the sky. Now, the Magi, of course, were very, very keen astronomers. And so any unusual star or out-of-star, out-of-place star that they see is definitely going to catch their attention. Yeah. Um, and particularly if you, you know, if you have access to the Hebrew prophecies, uh, particularly the prophecies of Daniel, uh, prophecies of Balaam, etc., 
who both of both of those prophecies were written in the land of Mesopotamia where the Magi came from. Magi is a Persian word. Um, if you link those prophecies together, you know, a star, the Messiah, right time, right place, then that gives you a reason to head off on a long and difficult journey to find the actual Messiah. This is Caitlin Clampett with Love Lifted Me.
Yeah, well, you were listening to uh, Caitlin Clampett with Love Lifted Me here on Faith FM. We've come to the end of the show. Yes, we have. Been a bit all over the place with our our interview there, Jay. Day just um, vanished somewhere along the line. Mm. So slightly out of order, but we hope you have enjoyed the show as much as we have. Mm-hmm. What are you giving away today, Lawson? What's our free gift of the day? Tell a us about book. the blessing. Okay, and it's an amazing book. Yeah, it's an awesome book. It's an so. incredible book. Called Love Lies, Loves Lies, God's Replies by Dustin Hall. Maybe <laughs> okay. one of the best books that we have. It's really awesome. Um, look, this is just all about you know restoring relationships and whatnot. It's it's incredible. okay. So I don't know what's going on in Lawson this morning, but this is the most amazing book you've ever laid your eyes it's just on. That we're coming and to the end of to... the week, and I'm really sad. Like. We don't get to talk to you, our listener. Yeah, we have to wait like another whole weekend before we get to talk to him again. But that's all right. At the end of the week, we give away our best prizes. Oh, this one, yeah, true. Okay, one, I guess I should be yeah, more happy because this book is amazing. It is amazing. Absolutely. So give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. That is 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you would like to get your copy of this book or text us on... Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, and don't forget to send in your questions of the day as well. And also, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
See you.